McSharry on 2FM. There is no doubt that Solange stepped well out of the shadow of her older sister Beyonce with her critically acclaimed album A Seat at the Table in 2016. In fact, Solange has become so much more than a musical artist and is now a cultural icon whose work holds significance far beyond beautiful songs. Musician Stephanie Phillips has written about this in her book Why Solange Matters, which she joins us now to discuss. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Um, But before we get into Solange, tell us a little bit about you and and what brought you to work on this project. Sure. So um, I'm a music journalist. I've been working for over a decade now, um, writing for different publications um, and kind of focusing on like punk and indie scenes, but kind of everything beyond that as well. Um, I'm also a musician and I play in the band Big Journey um, and I'm part of a collective that organises the Festival Decon Life Fest, which is a London-based festival celebrating people of colour in the punk scene. So I was asked to kind of send in a proposal about this book because it's a part of a a series called Music Matters, looking at different artists and Mm. analysing their work. And I thought Solange would be a great choice because she's, had such a kind of pivotal career mm. that has taken so many different kind of angles and left turns um and she means so much to so many different people in different ways um I kind of mentioned in the book like when I spoke to um my black friends they kind of were kind of so happy about the idea of a book about Solange whereas when I spoke to maybe some people white people they kind of didn't really know who she was or didn't really know know why it would be of relevance or kind of the importance of her so wow it's really interesting to have that important of a figure that that that's kind of like it doesn't have that crossover necessarily yeah wow that's I'm like really disappointed to hear that um but also not that surprised I suppose um so I want to start because, as you said, Solange has had such an interesting career. And you actually mentioned in the in the intro of the book that you your first encounter with Solange, you didn't even realize you were having an encounter with Solange. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure I, I saw her then. I was about 10 or 12 or something like that. And I went to see um, Destiny's Child at Birmingham National Indoor Arena <laughs> with my family. Um, and I'm pretty sure Solange was... Um, on that tour with them as the backup dancer so she would have been on stage there while I was watching kind of Beyonce and the rest of the 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 group there and it's interesting to have that kind of connection with someone that's kind of always been in the music world and always been in people's lives but not necessarily at the you know wasn't the center stage yeah and I suppose it's fair to say that initially Solange's career kind of took the path that people expected it to and the kind of music that she made the choices that she was making artistically isn't it yeah, definitely. I mean, I think she was right out of the gate, kind of part of the Knowles um, kind of... Industrial complex. complex. <laughs> yeah, industrial complex. And, and they kind of, of didn't know what they were doing because it worked with Destiny's Child. So it seemed like that would be the perfect kind of route to go through through with Solange. And, and so, yeah, she was kind of given the... This, the trademark producers kind of told to write in these particular ways. And also she started off you know, releasing her first album when she was 16 um, and started writing earlier as well. So it was a very, very kind of um, early kind of nascent kind of understanding of herself. Hmm. Although kind of researching the book and kind of looking back at that album, it is kind of like there are little kind of moments of her kind of 
creativity and kind of kookiness that even appear back then like she tried to she got really into reggae and tried to make like a kind of reggae album within this but it kind of only appears in kind of like visuals or kind of alternative kind of things so the she started off kind of quite kind of similar to other artists but she had kind of those glimpses of who she would become yeah and I suppose for me the first time that I remember paying attention to to Solange in a different way um, was when I saw her collaborations with Blood Orange. She she started to make some really very cool music, didn't she? Yeah, I think that was kind of when she became the, you know, for lack of a better word, like the kind of indie crossover artist mm. that was kind of palatable to the indie market um, and which was kind of like a weird period of time where that kind of indie kind of fans needed a reason to listen to R&B and it had to be kind of like explained otherwise they, they couldn't listen to it and that was kind of so Solange was that crossover artist as well as you know other artists like Blood Orange and um, The Weeknd and so it was kind of a peak in her career where she was kind of writing and really creative and had these amazing songs but also she was kind of very much stereotyped within that that genre mm. um, and also you know found herself in the position where she wasn't really being given credit for the songs that she wrote and you know the credit was often given to Blood Orange mm. as the guy producer in that in that kind of collaboration whereas it was actually a real collaboration between the two artists. And I suppose this is this is where that kind of question of identity and the expectation of black artists comes up because there is an expectation isn't there of of black artists black musical artists to perform in a certain way or make a certain type of music isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it, it can become very regimented and very kind of restricted if the thought is that you should only do R&B or only do hip hop mm. um, and anything else you should be kind of, you should never even think about it. You know, I think kind of some critics when she was, you know, during this kind of like um, indie-ish period um, during the True EP um, kind of suggested she should be grateful for the kind of fans that she has because she got them through this this indie genre as in kind of you know she be, should be grateful to uh to kind of her white fans is, is kind of the suggestion which is you know really kind of disempowering to a lot of artists and a lot of black artists and it makes kind of people feel like they have to stick in a particular box but as we see with Solange and a lot of artists after that kind of period after Black Lives Matter as well mm. they really broke out of that and kind of found a place to display their full selves yeah and have those conversations which has been a really interesting period in well, music. yeah I mean I suppose that's an interesting context to look at a seat of the table at the table kind of coming out of because if she was kind of getting that those kind of criticism or that kind of suggestion that she should be grateful to white fans to then make something so definitively and unapo- unapologetically kind of a, a an album about blackness and for black people um you know it is a really powerful statement yeah it is and it, it was definitely kind of very well thought through it, it wasn't just like she went into this and kind of accidentally came across these themes um it was kind of very planned you know she went to her family's old home and kind of to reconnect with those kind of like parts of herself she could have spoke to her friends and family to talk about kind of the ideas of the record and how it would flow and the track listings it was Mm. all very planned and it became a record that has become 
almost a kind of, you know, a, a marker of the generation of how we were thinking, how we were, you know, looking at the world. I mean, the themes that are covered in a seat at the table aren't necessarily new. I mean, songs like Don't Touch My Hair, that that was a phrase within the black community for decades and decades. Mm. Kind of like the the scary idea of like someone touching your hair and kind of invading your space. Yeah. But kind of have it encapsulated in a song that's so simply done and so kind of beautifully written really kind of um gives some gives the black community that kind of soundtrack to their experiences and makes them you know reminds us that we're not we're not crazy this is real yeah I loved that album um like I still love that album but I remember thinking I can only imagine what significance this album must have or what it must feel like to be a black woman listening to this album or a black person listening to this album can you talk a little bit about that about what significance that that album holds you know what response it got from the african-american community and from black people around the world yeah i think it, it was such a kind of a very reactive and very um organic response i remember when the album came out and um she released it more or less just on um streaming platforms and didn't have any physical releases or much of a kind of uh, a album campaign even. It was quite just, you know, much like a Beyonce, just drop it overnight and then see what happens. Um, and then from there, there was kind of like a conversation on social media and kind of WhatsApp and those all those different channels from kind of Black people sharing the album, sharing the videos and just sparking these conversations about things that, we already were talking about but now had this these songs these videos this album as a basis to keep having those conversations and having in public Mm. um and so that those that narrative was really important and you know I talk about in the book there was kind of lots of instances of people meeting up and having listening parties Mm. so that they could have have you know talk about this album with uh black people whereas maybe they wouldn't have spoken about it before or had a conversation with other people about it before yeah. and now they can sort of talk about kind of what weary meant to them and what you know how um mad is kind of so reflective of how they're treated as you know as black women is seen as kind of automatically aggressive even when you're just kind of having a, a normal conversation yeah yeah I, I I truly as I said I can only imagine um and I mean it's it's very clear that Solange matters just in just in the terms of that single album but of course her impact goes far beyond that doesn't it yeah it does um I think what is interesting about Solange over the years is that really she became an iconic community the black community without even you know without even kind of bringing her songs into the I think her essence as someone that seemed like a very free, um, very outgoing um, and someone that didn't take any, you know, any Crap. rubbish. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Um, that was just having that idea of that person yeah. made her practically iconic within the black community and people kind of loved her style they loved her fashion they loved her hair and oh her wedding oh my god no just kind of those images of that idea of um you know that kind of idea of blackness of being that uh, unapologetic about who you are um was really really integral to her 
message and her kind of being and how she's seen in the world. Yeah, it's it's so powerful. I mean, like I'm white, so like obviously it's not going to be the same for me. But even <laughs> for me, I'm like, wow, like I it's she is so unapologetically who she is and yeah. so cool. Like, I mean, there is no one cooler than her. I can only imagine if, if she came from my community that I would be like, I don't know, like live and die for her, basically. <laughs> I'm close yeah. to it as it is. You need a cool icon and and, and yeah. like beyond that as well, like, you know, she's an artist who's inspired other artists and, um, you know, it's obviously well documented that she was a major inspiration to Beyonce and brought all these artists into her kind of like viewpoint and brought these kind of indie artists and these experimental artists yeah. that, that have made Beyonce make that kind of left turn with her kind of 2013 album Beyonce. Yeah, well, as she said, and my sister of, taught me yeah. how to speak my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It really helped her develop who she wanted to be from that moment onwards. Well, I think it's clear that Solange matters. I don't think anyone could argue that she doesn't. Um, but can I ask for you, I mean, obviously, as a kind of, you know, a, a punk musician, you know, you're not necessarily the cookie cutter that people would expect, are you? So it must have, you know, real personal significance for you as well to see another artist kind of breaking the mold. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, ever since I was a teenager, I was always looking for other black people that were like me I knew I wasn't anything special <laughs> I knew I wasn't kind of, you're very special you know, Stephanie <laughs> yeah yeah you know what I mean I knew I wasn't kind of like the only black person yeah that could possibly like alternative music or could possibly be into these subjects yeah so I was always looking for that that outlet and that kind of like I you know those visions of a rebellious kind of blackness that could exist in the world um so see, seeing Solange doing what she's doing even though she isn't necessarily in the punk world or in the alternative world or in the indie world she is she is just Solange kind of existing where she wants to be yeah but that idea in itself that she can kind of take you know decide that she wants to kind of get involved in the kind of like modernist art world that she wants to kind of get involved in architecture that she wants to get involved in this kind of like freeform dance and all these kind of different genres um is so empowering as a mm. black woman to be reminded actually yeah we we've been involved in these things before we helped create them anyway so we can keep doing them now yeah there are no limits yeah there are no limits there are no limits to what we've done before and there are no limits to what we've done we can do now I mean punk it only exists because of the black people that were involved in those scenes and mm. the kind of music and the reggae that they were listening to at that time mm. and that's the same now it's it's kind of being propelled to this day by people of color and by people kind of that are kind of having this alternative look about what it means to be rebellious and what it means to be revolutionary within mm. the society that we live in today well, Stephanie, thank you so much. I so enjoyed uh, Why Solange Matters. The writing is beautiful. Like, it, just the writing alone, even if you weren't a Solange fan, I think you would enjoy it. Like, you, you'd kind of create a scene so beautifully. Um, so Why Solange Matters is the book. Stephanie Phillips is the author. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Louise McSherry on 2FM.